0: also cost you lots of it's money it's
1: saturday it's 7 a.m
0: this, this is abq central with your hosts fred slow and van nunley all right all right
1: all right fire! And
0: it starts right now on the sports animal wake up albuquerque my name is fred slow my battery mate van nunley Good morning, Van. Does that make me the pitcher or the catcher? You're going to be the catcher. I'm throwing hard today, Van. Okay. I think I'm going to throw hard today. Thank God I'm a power bottom. Vital ones and twos. Good morning, Vital. Good morning to you guys. Michael Vital, if you're looking to Wikipedia, guy. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central. We're live from the ABQX studio. Of course, we are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we are on Team I-9. Yeah, we are. Got a banger of a program today. I'm going to tell you who's here before I tell you what I'm thinking about. 8 a.m., Ashley Martinez, the development director at CU Dino Los Ninos. Are you familiar?
2: I am. They're doing amazing
0: things in the community. Honored to have them on. Local organization helping local kids. It's an effort to remove kids from homelessness situations. Friend of mine in real life, Eddie 15 will become a friend of the show, A.J. Bramlett, former Arizona Wildcat national champion basketball player.
2: Played in the association. Played in the association. Played with the recently passed Lute Olson. Lute Olson was Played his four.
0: Yeah, was his coach at Arizona. We're going to talk about the importance of coaches. We're going to talk about the importance of youth mentors. Also, if AJ will allow us, we're going to talk to him about the current climate. Also, Coach Cody May, former coach of the Carlsbad Cavemen, joining us as Trevor Rogers made his MLB debut for the hated Miami. Mo- I'm just kidding. Yeah. How can you hate the Marlins? Cannot. Can't. There's nothing about them. They have Derek Jeter. 8 a.m., Ashley Martinez. See you, Daniel Los Ninos. 8.15, A.J. Bramlett, former Arizona Wildcat. 8.30, Coach Cody May, former Carlsbad Caveman. Is he coaching still? I'm assuming. Yeah. A coach is a coach, dog. A coach is always a coach. I don't leave. That per- stays with you. The person I identify as my coach, 25 years later, he's still up at me. That'll never change. Sure. If you're tuning in today to get the recap of the Austin P game, you're not listening to the right program. I was on the air Wednesday with Mike Trujillo doing the sports bar. Are you familiar? Sure. I'm a big fan. Mike Carlisle needed the day off. He was on not assignment. only am I the
2: president, I'm also a client.
0: Of the program? <laughs> <laughs> Neither, honestly. So, I'm on air. It's about 40 minutes before the mic drops here. And the NBA decides they're not going to play basketball.
2: The Milwaukee Bucks pushed that first domino.
0: Yeah. Anytime you do anything, communicate, I'm always going to tell you that, the time will never come in our friendship or relationship listenership by the way let's open them up today 505-246-0610 we will never over communicate with each other it'll never happen the time will never come when i'm like van you're giving me too much information
2: <laughs> well mark these words yes. because i can tmi with the best of them dog
0: and Reaction to Kenosha, Wisconsin, Jacob Blake. And let me give you a laundry list of things. Shoot. Don't even need to. Okay. The NBA said enough is enough. We need your attention, please. And they took it. They took my attention. They took your attention. They took attention away from the RNC. And they said, here's what we need some change we need to and i've been saying this for the last couple days change the narrative this to me was as big of a deal as i think i've ever seen in sports
2: historically we're going to look back at this and see what a monumental moment in the history of the country not just sports this obviously transcends sports It's bigger than that. Correct. These are people with a voice, with a microphone, who's got cameras pointed at them 24-7. Their life is a literal circus, and life is bigger than sports, but it's being represented together, and it's a beautiful thing.
0: Sports entertainment has a value in the world where it exists. There's something special about and i'm going to give you an example i think is easy to relate to the winter olympics go on i don't care about curling i don't care about curling at all you put curling on my television
2: every four years every
0: four years and you say here's a little escape guy sure i'll tell you eve Muirhead's stats on each side of the end when holding the hammer because team sweden <laughs> Sweden is having four C-schools for hours in Goldskin schools I've never one time thought about Eve Muirhead's humanity. And I think that so regularly is removed from the individuals that we see plastered on our television and our billboards and our trading cards. LeBron James is a person. Kawhi Leonard is a person. I will run the list of everyone in the NBA for the next two hours if you need me to remind you that they are all people. Sure. Yeah. If you wake up on Thursday morning at 8 a.m., no, that's too late, at 6.30 a.m., and you say, the first thing I'm going to do on social media, the second I wake up, I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm going to wake up and say, forget this group of people based off their age, ethnicity, sexual orientation, religious belief.
2: There's laws for that. Oh, my gosh. You can't do
0: that. You are terrible. If you are listening to the program right now, if you're listening to this program that I am currently saying this sentence on, and you in your heart believe that you have any sort of superiority to another individual based off any identifier that's outside of their control, this is not the program for you. Here's the thing. This is not the society for you. Put your finger on the pulse, Jack. Jack.
2: Time to evolve. Time to catch up with the times. A Is, lot of people are talking to you, and a lot of you aren't listening.
0: No, but here's who you can talk to. Your echo chamber that you've created around you, you often, often in a digital media format. You nailed it right there. If you, want to keep, if you want to become a bigger fan with your audience, recognize where their fandom comes from. If you are if you only have a maintained relationship with a group of people based solely off your shared hatred for another group of people, those people don't really like you. Sure. You don't get it. Warm, kind, inviting. These are my core values. I have them identified. And I spent a lot of time figuring them out. Except everyone. Everyone. What's your other option? And if you don't understand... Ask
2: questions. Oh, my gosh. You, you nailed it with the echo chamber. I mean, it, it's, and it's tribalistic in its nature. Yo, keep going. Tribalism was a very important part of the human psyche, of the human experience, hundreds and especially thousands of years ago. Now that we're all connected, tribalism has no place in our society because we're all human beings and we're all here connected. If you don't know what your neighbor feels, go talk to them, especially if they're different than you. There's no way you're going to get the finger on the pulse of what's going on in this country, what's going on in this world, if you don't put yourself in other people's shoes.
0: Well, it and it's it's exponentially worse if you don't cuz then you don't pre- prepare yourself with the tools you need when the time comes to handle that your your toolbox is empty to understanding and growth and belief and good fortune and will the if i were to ask you today van what do you identify as if i were to say that to you you need context you like i know i know you pretty well you'd say father i know that sure I know you pretty well. You'd say loyal friend. Sure. The list goes down. It will go. Your list is so long before it's bigot, because that's not on your list. It's not on my list. Right. Yeah. There are individuals that I know personally. There are individuals I know in passing. And there are individuals I know, um, I guess by celebrity. I don't know what other verbiage to use.
2: Ongoing joke on this show is my ridiculously strong fandom of The Wire. Yes. It's a punchline we use.
0: You love The Wire.
2: I would identify as a wire fan Okay. before I would identify so- myself yes. by the color of my skin.
0: Absolutely. The only time that I identify myself by that is when it's in jest. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, a punchline. Yeah, and I can have this program right now on this radio station, in this town that I live in. Which, by the way, I'm quickly identifying as part of this town.
2: As it should. Yeah.
0: Here's a place I'm proud to be. You're lucky to be here, dog. I love it here. It's amazing. Culture and community and ideals and mindsets and just a collaboration of everyone. And put your money where your mouth is. Your boys do stuff. Like, this radio show is a trampoline For what we do in this community. Absolutely. Yeah. And we tell you as it's happening. And when we need your help, we ask for it. It's just not two dudes and two
2: microphones. No. What we really do is outside of this show.
0: Correct. Yeah. This is not your boys that enjoy cutting jokes while watching the game at Howie's. Which we do. Because we do. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, we do that.
0: And everyone who surrounds us says, you guys are so funny. I'd pay to listen to you. Yeah, you would. Yeah. And you do. Because when I got a couple Bud Lights going.
2: (laughs) Or in in this case, seven in the morning, a cup of coffee. Because
0: I wake up early. Because I'm an adult. (laughs) And also, there's nothing more entertaining in this world than sitting with me and you while we watch a home run derby. Because I can kill commentary on a sport that's not a sport. Hey, hey, Phyllis, just mute that. We got it from here. Yeah, we got it, (laughs) Carl. Why don't you put me in that closing time, PA? I'll tell them all about it. And the thing about the spectacle that in this pro- that is this program is we fill it with substance. Like, we fill it with effort and community and ideals and, and every chance we get change. I've never heard one person be like, just talk sports, loser. And if I have heard you say that, I tell you why you're wrong. Sure. And if you're saying that to the NBA or Major League Baseball or tennis, college football, NFL practices, NHL hockey. By the way, if you're not following Ryan Reeves on social media, follow Ryan Reeves on social media. If you don't know who that is, find out. Well, I'm
2: one of those people. You're going to have to catch me up.
0: I'd rather follow you guys. Yeah, (laughs) a little
2: smart move on your part.
0: But if your reaction to anything that is currently going on, if your reaction to the social climate right now is shut up and dribble, you're wrong. God, you're wrong. You're so wrong. And, you know, when you're here during the week, you're quiet. But when you get here, you're just, you just you just go right through the heart like an arrow there, Fred Manfred.
2: Well, Vital, I'll give you a little, uh, little
0: key. This is our show. This, is, this one's different. This one's different. You ease in. I eased into the waters of the sports bar. And I was on the, like, that was an interesting day. Vital, you were sitting here with me. I know we got to go to break. You were sitting here with me. As this all started to landslide, I don't know what word to use, but it's. Unfold. Unfold. And I I got up out of this chair that I'm sitting in. I walked into your producer. I said, they just went on strike. I really could not believe it.
3: I thought you were kidding, and then I saw the TV.
0: So this, what? When we get back, our reaction to Wednesday. When we get back, I got 45 different points on why it's important to say what you do and do what you say. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon. We play on Team I-9. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're back on the program. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central Life in the ABQX Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion. We play on Team I-9. Went to break talking about Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Last, Big deal. Yeah, last three days have been a uh, – I'm going to turn my headphones up, man. Last three days have been um, a strike from the NBA. If you use another verbiage, you're incorrect. That's what this has been. Uh, it also has been demonstrations from Major League Baseball. It also has been demonstrations from college football, NFL – tennis the the entire sporting world i don't think we need to put any conversation into sunday and monday do you the occurrences in kenosha uh, wisconsin everyone is familiar at this everyone point? knows okay with that said your reaction to wednesday van like and how do you how do you feel like that's going to rank with you as far as like keeping in mind yesterday march on washington keep in mind yesterday jackie robinson day how do you feel like this is going to Resonate with you for the years to come.
2: Well, this is going to be hard to talk about because the emotions are already flowing. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: My eyes are watering just thinking about it. I think they're getting it right. I think they're doing it respectfully. They're not taunting anybody. They, the NBA. They're not offending anybody.
0: They, protesters? Give me, who's they? Well, they being the NBA,
2: eventually the NHL, and then subsequently, MLB. They all did it respectfully. No one did anything out of anger. Everything they did was out of love and respect. And good on the Milwaukee Bucks. And from reports I've heard, it was George Hill. George Hill was the mover, and he started this movement with a team meeting. And this happened in the Milwaukee Bucks' backyard. Correct. To somebody that looks like the majority of the team. Correct. In their backyard. So it hit them harder than anyone else. And how many times have we seen this? I mean, it's 2020. We're in our 30s. How many times have we seen this throughout our life?
0: My entire existence of my life. Exactly. The The town that I grew up in, only in 1988, legally removed any postings That told individuals of color to not be in town past sundown. Okay. Did you hear what year I said? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. I grew up a handful of miles from one of the most racist cities in the world, which is ironically Santa Fe, Texas. And they also had a sign that said, don't be here after sunset.
0: Yes. Hey, Ann, disclaimer here. I'm not telling you why I can't talk about this. I am not dumb. I am familiar with... With the culture and the climate and the ideals and the oppression, this I am versed in. Like There is no white privilege disclaimer telling you why I cannot have this conversation. Right. Okay. And we need to have this conversation. 505-246-0610. Join the conversation. Tell us why we're wrong. I'll tell you why you're... Well, I mean, I won't. It'll actually be a conversation. And it,
2: it made me so proud the immediate unity in the nba the bucks said we can't do this we're taking a stand right. and then within minutes of their decision all games were canceled as they should be all teams came together yeah they got on their phones they walked up and talked i mean they're in the bubble they literally just knocked on doors they just walked across the hall and said we're not doing this either right we got you back we got your back and it's beautiful
0: Christophe, hey, I got to tell you something.
2: Hours later, the Milwaukee Brewers. Right. Their city mates, their friends. Not today, fam. In a lot of situations, their family also quit, went on strike. The immediate unity was beautiful.
0: The, the flow of it was so at least to me, organic a feeling to where you because you didn't know what was happening, you wouldn't know what was happening next, speculation was easy and rampant. So as as I was sitting here on the sports bar on Wednesday, sitting in for Mike Carlisle with my friend Mike Trujillo and Mike Vital, I would not have been I would not have been surprised at that point if the NBA was like, We done. Like we done. Figure yourself out, America. Like we're not here for you right now. But that's not what it was because like when you're in a situation and let's just use the guys at the top of it, Chris Paul, let's use the guys at the top of it, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, George Hill, the guys that are at the very top that are like, Hey, we're having conversation about what the league's going to do. But here's the thing. We know ball. We're learning the political landscape. We're learning um, how to present ideals and opinion. Cause and I even like said this loose earlier. I'm going to say it again. There's a big difference in, in, like, creating, like, a spectacle and creating something with substance. Because, like, if you just want to send a message that is, like, via, like, a social media thing, and it's like, um, hey, here's an idea that's, like, a quote. You know, it's like, uh, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had when It was like, uh, our political leaders had to figure out a way to legally make it structurally important that we're able to hold bad cops accountable. What is that? That is nothing. That's likes and retweets. Do something, Kareem. So the players were like, who who can we get in this inner circle that kind of lead us like in a political onslaught they
2: call barack obama barack obama are you kidding me the first president of color had a sit down with lebron cp3 right and others and others and gave him advice like how if you don't need any more evidence that this is a big deal that this is important That this has cultural significance. Right. You call America's dad. The previous president sat down with athletes to discuss what they're about to do. It couldn't get any heavier than that. No.
0: And this is like, I do this, right? I'm buying a house, right? I'm buying a house. I got a real estate friend. I'll call him. I'm buying a car. I got a car dealer friend. I'll call him. I got whatever. Fill in the blank. Here's what I don't do. I'm not... Buying a house, so I call my dad. What? My dad's not the resource for this. Mm-hmm. Like, you get someone in the field. You get someone who knows. And by the way, kudos to CP3 or LeBron James or whoever that just has 44 on speed dial. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's big. Hey, you, I'm impressed. LeBron James has 44 on speed dial, and then, by the way, rest in peace to Hollywood's Chadwick Bozeman.
2: Oh, that one hit hard
0: just got a camera roll. Anything happens in well, he's just plugged into it because that's the life he lives. He lives such a life that he's plugged into everything happening in the world. Recognize that. Recognize that, listener. Because wherever you're telling me that he should just shut up and dribble, his life is not shut up and dribble. No. No, his life is schools and effort and rejuvenating Akron, Ohio. Which, by the way, I don't think you've been to Akron, Ohio. You don't get how terrible it is. You don't understand the importance of what the Baltimore Ravens are trying to do in their community because you don't go to Baltimore. Right. I have been to Baltimore. It is garbage. It is East St. Louis. Where you're from. Where I'm from.
2: It's Fifth Ward of Houston. Right. Where I'm close to from. I'm obviously from the suburbs. It's Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Gary, Indiana. Yeah. It's, it's Ham Detroit. Okay. So let's say LeBron James does shut up and dribble. Okay. He still has to drive away from the stadium when he's done shutting up and dribbling. But
0: then he's a millionaire.
2: He still has to be profiled as a black man in a nice car.
0: But then he just all these abilities came to him naturally. He hasn't worked a day in his life. He don't have no college degree. And if you're just if you're just tuning in,
2: loyal listener, thanks for being with us today. We're uh we're not talking about playoff seating we're not talking about I'm not previewing a game tonight who's got a chance to make
0: a comeback no I know there's three of them I don't care well you know a couple of extra days gave uh, Westbrook their time to heal that ham. he said Houston will have now shut up no shut up this is bigger than that and we're going to look back on this time
2: years from now decades from now and hopefully this is the next domino that affected real change
0: after they talked to Barack obama the nba's Players association is how i'm going to refer to him moving forward they're like hey, we gotta put out like actual demands this is not occupy wall street this is not by the way the organization of black lives matter is not as strong as what it could be but i recognize that you need chapters in communities because they understand what their community needs as opposed to like a governing national body with we'll, that. We'll so- have
2: somebody speak on that on the show next week. Yeah. And to, to me, it's the movement is bigger than the organization. Correct. You yes. can have, yes, you can have your qualms. You can pick apart an organization, but you can't pick apart a movement. The movement has it right. Because as
0: these players met and before they talked to Barack Obama, they said, hey, uh, how many boys here? How many boys here like registered to vote? You ready for the number? I have it. Oh, my goodness. Two out of ten. Two out of ten of every NBA player registered to vote. Did you hear my number?
2: That one stung.
0: So this, and let me find the source on it because I don't want to tell you I'm getting it wrong here. And I'll look it up because I'm not one just to throw out something without giving it to you from where it's from. But Brock Obama says, hey, figure it out. Go get registered. By the way, you got to make like a list of like realistic like movement and change. Hey, those venues that are being used, let's turn them into polling stations. Consider that done. We're doing that right now.
2: And shout out to LeBron James. He was working on that even before Jacob Blake. Yes. He was working on turning, it's not the forum anymore, it was Staples, Staples and Dodger Stadium into polling places. As they should be. Yeah. You're not using it. And now with this, and
0: now with the strike. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. Also, no more of this, like, hijacking ambush stuff. Like, by the way, good on the Milwaukee Bucks. Good on them. But now there's parties, so it's the Players Association, it's the teams, and I believe it's governors from the states that these teams are in. Correct. Like a coalition. Like, hey, we got a really good platform here. People are watching. And you have, and we just said it, you have to have that spectacle, which was these last three days. I'm not using spectacle spectacle to demean it. I'm using spectacle as it, that's how it drove attention. Now you got to like, you got to hit, you got to bring the implementation that you, at least in the very beginning, hope will make change. And that's the thing to me that's so interesting because this isn't like well-written, choreographed orchestrated by the pr just graduated from whatever ivy league school written thing on social media to get likes and retweets this is hey we're actually gonna do something actual community action yeah actual community engagement hey you're watching the game cool rock the vote here's information on how And I use Rock the Vote if you're in our age range. You know what that is, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, not a lot of people do. Hey, that's where I learned about voting. From P. Diddy wearing a t-shirt on TRL. I know we're going to get into this more,
2: but I don't think that I have to say over and over again, guilty people should not be shot
0: by peace officers. When we get back, more on that. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act studio. We're powered by Mexico pin known. We play on Team I-9. Yeah, we do. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Good morning again, Albuquerque. Van, you were saying.
2: We hit a lot of topics.
0: You got to think fast when you listen to us.
2: We talk about a lot on this show. Rapid fire. We can segue in and out. And one thing that hit me right before the break was humans do not deserve to be murdered ever by the people who protect them. If you have a criminal record, it's not okay to get shot by peace officers. If you're accused of a crime and you're being apprehended, it is not okay for you to be shot by peace officers. If you're at a traffic stop and you resist arrest out of fear for your life and you're murdered by a peace officer, that is just enabling other peace officers to do the same thing.
0: I want to expand this to vigilantes, but I understand your point. Um, an analogy I use when talking about this point, and this one's tough for me because like, I'm so um, grossly pro-police in the idea of the same way that I'm pro-teachers. Sure. I'm pro-anyone who commits themselves, specifically in the public sector, to help others. Here's where I get different. Also, we might lose our PG rating here. You know the rules. If you're an educator and you take advantage of a student, if you take advantage of a student in any way, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, whatever, the teacher's union does not get behind that individual and say, we got their back no matter what. Right. The situation is unique. So they're immune to any weird prosecution. That doesn't happen to teachers. Correct. The thing that I struggle with so mightily is when an individual in an organization commits a crime onto another. And those in association with that person blindly support them. That's where you lose me. What do you see? How
2: do you see that situation play out if they're wearing different clothes? If they don't have... Well, we saw that on Monday. If they don't have the blue on, if they don't have the brown on, they don't have that badge on, and they do the exact same kind of behavior, how do you see that situation? Yeah, you're talking about murder. It's a murder. And loyal listener, if you wear a badge... If you're a peace officer, if you're an ex-peace officer, if you're ex-military, if you're any kind of position that helps the community, yes. we're not against you. Absolutely not. No one here is saying FTP. No. I am a proud supporter of peace officers and what they do in the community. Correct. But every single time, 100 out of 100, I'm anti-murder.
0: No matter the participants, I am anti-murder.
2: And a lot of people say, like the counter argument you hear a lot is, well, more white people are murdered every year by cops. Yeah. Why aren't you mad about that?
0: I didn't know that was true. It's very true. I'm mad about everyone who's murdered. Yeah. No one is more, me and Vital talk about this, no one is more oppo war than me. Yeah. I hate war. Yeah, one argument is, well, more white
2: people die. Okay, well, why aren't you outraged about that? There should not be... And the, the other argument is, well, if you just comply and do what the officer says, you're not going to get shot. Okay, well, Breonna Taylor, right? her killers are still at large. Right. Tamir Rice, right. his killers are still at large. They did nothing wrong. And there's a long list. Of people who did absolutely nothing wrong who were murdered by peace officers
0: the i've talked about this before whenever i talk about how much i hate police dramas the television police i don't know if we did on this show or if i've done on another show but i have a bit on it to where police dramas are the worst television in the history of television because the writing is so poor because it <laughs> um what what's a what's a word help me with a word here what's a word where you're like hey it's really sexy To commit a crime. Because that's what police dramas are. The idea that, like, oh, it's really sexy to shoot your gun at someone. Oh, it's really sexy to break the law to obtain the law, abstain the law. Like, that idea to me is so gross. (sighs) Also, I recognize that I can separate reality from fiction, blah, blah, blah. With that said, there's this idea, I think, to where individuals believe they have to hit like certain check certain boxes to say that they're in the mix. Right. So like, let's say me and you, um, become a uh, police officers. Let's say we become cops. Right. Um, there is absolutely a culture within that community. that's like, well, have you fired your gun in the line of duty? Have you been in a, a car chase? Have you, and I can keep running a list. And am I telling you that, like, individuals, like, create these scenarios so they can be part of, like, the good old boys club? I'm going to tell you, I think they do. Sure. And that's gross to me. Sure. Because, like, the mindset there is not, hey, we're creating a culture that literally, and here's my definition of police, maintain the peace. That's it. That is one sentence. Peace officer. Yes, that's my whole sentence. Right. You're not a jury, because here's the thing, we have a system for that. Yes. You're not an executioner. Here's the thing. We have a system for that. Sure. And that system, all you have to do is protect it. That's your whole job. And then if you can't, if you fail to do that, that jury that I just talked about, they'll give you the fairest opportunity. Because I don't know. With that said, if the time comes... That there's opposition, and this is not to the end of, or excuse me, this is not to the masses, this is to the individual. There's a time that an opposition comes where they're like, hey, individual behaviors within your organization, unacceptable. Figure it out. No one is attacking you if you're not doing it. That goes for law enforcement officer, vigilante, protester, looter, um, c- community member. Like, all these things as a group are not bad. It's individuals within. And my big issue is that blind support behind it. My big issue is whatever union or organization or whatever that says, hey, we got you back no matter what. Because no. Absolutely no. If fictional radio – I'm sorry, Van, I'm on to rant. If fictional radio host on 610 KNML were to have a breakdown midweek and do some crazy ranting and nuts stuff, And tell the world how to forget itself? No, I don't have that dude's back. We work together. Figure it out. I know I cut you off. You were saying.
2: It's okay, buddy. It's a lot. This is a lot. This conversation is a lot. This conversation is hard. But this is a very important conversation. And this is a conversation that anyone with a voice should be having. And if you don't have a voice, talk to someone who does. Please. And more importantly, talk to someone who's different than you. Talk to someone who's affected by this movement. Talk to someone who looks different than you. See what see what they think.
0: I know we only have but two or three minutes here, but I know Dan is on line one. Dan, we want to invite you to the program. Good morning, my friend. How are you?
3: Good morning, guys. Been listening to the program a lot. You know, Vital is my favorite over there at that building, so... Anytime he's any part of it, I'm part of it. Awesome. You know? Well, hey, so I, I I have a take. My tell knows me well, well, pretty well. Uh, we've both. He's from Chitown. I lived and and spent a lot of time there. And, cool. And um, I I observed urban violence um, at its worst when I was there, and and I was young and and pretty freaked out about it. But here here, you know what? What we need, guys, I believe is is guardians. We don't need warriors. We got, we got guys coming out of the military. God bless them. Thank, thank you for your service, all of you guys, Vitell included. You know, their intentions are awesome when they get out. They A lot of them don't know what to do. A lot of times they're not, they haven't been... Um, um,
0: Re-assimilated.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's the turn I was looking for, bro. Thank you. They have not been reassimilated to society. They need to be mainstreamed again. Too quickly they're thrust into that policing uh, thing again and their mentality hasn't changed. Their mentality is they've trained us to do these things, but now they're doing it against their own people. And so we as a society have we have to all be accountable, all be responsible um, for what's happening. We just need to Make our voices heard, um, get out there, be as accepting to the police as we can. But when you get a chance to have a word with one, take the time and talk to them and tell them, Hey, you know, we, we appreciate you, but you know, be, be patient with us, be, con, be compassionate with us. I, I coached for many, many years. I, I've seen a lot of young people, uh, manhandled and mistreated. Um, Over the years, when when they called me because they didn't have a a parent to call, I just, like I say, I think we need guardians and not warriors. Thanks, guys. Great show.
2: Hey, thank you for that, Dan. Um, and, And you hit the nail on the head, and this is really close to me because my day job, I'm literally a guardian. Right. I'm a social worker for people with mental illness and developmental disability, uh, sometimes violent offenders, but I mean, you nailed it. We need guardians, not warriors. And you know, you had a really good parallel with you know, a lot of cops did serve in the military, and then they they slide right into you know policing the community, and maybe they're maybe they're not well trained enough. And I think that's goes into a, a bigger spectrum, a bigger problem with the defund the police movement. And first off, whoever coined that phrase deserves to be fired like that's the most inaccurate title correct for it uh, an important change that's in the history of the world i can't think of a a worse title than defund the police because that's not what it means that's That's not at the heart no spectacle versus
0: substance that's what that is yeah
2: it does not mean you take away all their funding and you take away all of their guns you take away all their power and then just have anarchy in the streets no. with no police not what it means when we when we you, get back you, re, you reallocate resources so people like a guardian like a social worker like a drug counselor can help the situation and not just have a badge and a gun approach a problem so i really appreciate that call dan thank you so much
0: friend of the show dan we're going to take the quickest break, and then we're going to do the quickest last segment. Before we're at 8 a.m., we welcome Ashley Martinez, the developmental director at Ciudanio Los Ninos. As you're listening Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central Live from the ABQX Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinon, and, of course, we're on Team I-9, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central Live from the ABQX Studio. We're, of course, powered by New Mexico Pinon, and we play on Team I-9. Bad apples, man? Yeah.
2: That's um something you've heard over and over again for years, right? Yeah. It's not every cop, just a few bad apples. Correct. And then you got the thin blue line and the strongest, I mean, stronger than NBA's union, right? The police union.
0: It's not every protester, man. It's just a few bad apples. It's.
2: It seems like this is the only profession that that is a valid retort. You don't say this about airline pilots. You know, most of our airline pilots are great. We just have a few bad apples that crash into mountains.
0: No, that wouldn't make sense.
2: Wouldn't make a ton of sense, would it? But people with guns, it's acceptable to have a few bad apples. I'm following you. And it's an unfair comparison because these are obviously individual human beings these are people with families wives lives hobbies they probably you probably on your softball team probably
0: go to your church these are people i am i am close personal friends with multiple police officers specifically speaking about the community i grew up in same
2: absolutely same so it's hard to look at this situation through such a cloudy lens and not look at these as individual people because yes there is a very big problem with the whole system but these are individual people how do we address i mean how do we change the narrative of this conversation to number one realize there's a problem there is obviously a problem this behavior does not happen in other first world countries That is a fact. Correct. That is a fact. This does not happen everywhere. No. This is not a worldwide problem. This is something that is unique to the United States of America.
0: Um, So you're using the phrasing bad apples, I think, is apropos because it's very difficult to pull out the bad apples. It's very difficult to get into the, here's a word for you, bushel, and pick out the bad ones. It's easy to throw out the bushel. Yeah. The whole bushel is bad. We can't take the time, we can't put in the effort, let's just get a new bushel of apples. And that's the problem with defund the police. Correct, it's dumb. You can't
2: throw out the whole bushel. No. Because then all of the trees die. Correct. Yes. And, and for the people who just throw around the term just a few bad apples willy-nilly, you're forgetting the second half of that phrase. A few bad apples spoil the bunch. Correct. And the bunch is obviously spoiled. Because this is a unique problem that we have in America. This doesn't happen in the uk. This doesn't happen in France. this doesn't happen in Germany. This doesn't happen in all these other first world countries that have very powerful predominant police departments. I've
0: never told this story on air. I talked to you about this off air. I'm going to give the quickest tidbit um, after George floyd, right i'm I'm spending some time in like this vacation home earlier this summer for a for a wedding thing. And I'm talking to a friend who's there, who's a police officer, and it's right after George Floyd. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, what's the, what's the current like temperature of the the station down there? Like, how's everyone doing? He's like, he's like, it's been weird, you know. He's like, we've taken up a lot of extra training and stuff, and this whole George Floyd thing's been a shock. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. Like, what kind of training? Like, like non-restrictive, like non choke holds. Like, you guys are doing some sort of community involvement stuff. He's like, no, we went to the gun range. What? Oof! Your training is what? Your training is you went to the gun range? And there's some brilliant ideas out there how this
2: can help. And it's it's not my place to tell you how to think. I'm going to tell you how I think. Sure. I'm going to give you a little key into me. Sure. And we talked about this the very first segment this morning. It's not okay to murder people. Gosh, no. Like, it's that simple to me. It's not okay to shoot people, even if you're accused of a crime. Even if you're resisting arrest. These officers should be trained in alternate methods besides
0: shooting someone to death. I will piggyback that by saying its I personally have a credo where I don't think it's okay to make anyone feel uncomfortable. With that said, unless that's intrinsic, if I'm giving you an idea or if I'm planting a seed that you allow to grow yourself and then that brings a level of uncomfortability, I'm in. But physically, I'm not allowed to intimidate you. Mentally, I'm not allowed to put you down. Emotionally, I'm not allowed to damage you. Spiritually, I'm not going to make fun of your beliefs. And that to me is where this gets real gross. It gets real murky because you want people to be comfortable in their skin. But here's the thing. The skin is in their environment. So you can't, and I'll just use police officers, they're not comfortable. They're taught to be fearful and they're taught to act using fear so they're always scared and they're always trying to scare people that's both ends of this spectrum and it's terrifying we're grabbing a break loyal listener
2: thank you for the thoughtful texts thank you for the thoughtful emails complimenting what we're talking about driving this conversation keeping this conversation going the abq central you are used to is van and fred yeah being clever being funny telling jokes entertaining you but we're having a more important conversation today. And thank you for listening. And thank you for the thoughtful texts and emails. When we
0: get back out to the top of the hour, Ashley Martinez, Developmental Director for CU Daniel Los Ninos. Sports Animal. It's Saturday. It's 7 a.m. This, this is ABQ Central with your hosts, Fred Slow and Van Nunley. All right, all right, all right.
1: Fire
4: And
0: it, it starts right now on The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program, 8 a.m. 80 degrees in the studio, 70 degrees outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, no kidding. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We're, of course, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. Joining Team I-9 this morning is my friend in real life, now friend of the show, Ashley Martinez, who's the development director over at CU Daniel Los Ninos. Good morning, Ashley. How are you? Ashley's still with us. From the texter, the call dropped. Oh no. <laughs> so Vital will effort her again real quick. And why we're trying her That's so funny. That's real life radio stuff. See you Daniel Los Ninos, <laughs> C L N A B Q dot org. Uh, oh goodness. A uh, technical difficulties. This is a local organization. That efforts, van, helping children in the community that are affected by homelessness.
2: What an important part of the community they play. I'm so excited to get Ashley back on the phone.
0: <laughs> Vital is, like is furiously dialing. Is that a fair word? I, I would say so, yes. Yeah. So we'll have her on as soon as we can have her on.
2: He's furiously dialing for multiple reasons right her now.
0: Multiple friends and family currently tuned in listening, not hearing her. Ashley Martinez, the Development Director at CU Daniel Niños. Good morning, friend.
5: Good morning. How are you this morning?
0: Good. How's your iPhone? Is it working well? It is. Good. <laughs> <laughs> CLNABQ.org is the website, and what we're doing is we're talking about homelessness in the community and how it affects all of us. Ashley, can you maybe talk to us a little bit about what your organization does, who it helps, and how it helps?
5: Absolutely. First of all, thank you guys so much, uh, for having me on today. It's a great way to start my Saturday. Um, wow. and I have my cup of coffee, so I am ready to talk <laughs> with all, with all of you guys about the amazing work we do. So Cuidado Los Niños has been around for over 30 years. Um, and what we do is we take a dual approach on homelessness. And what that means is we take in six weeks to five years old on one end. And we are a five-star accredited preschool. So with that, we're taking care of the kiddos in the classroom. Uh, and while they're hard at work, we're working with the parents to either find a job, go back to school, uh, and get back on their feet. Uh, we also pull our families out of homelessness into stability by getting them enrolled in a housing program. And so this housing program, I mean, we help pay 100% of their rent until they're ready to to uh take over the payment. You know, and that's that's the really really big factor in all of this is the end game is stability. Stability is key. Stability is always the goal um and we want our families to be successful because you know, 80% are single mothers fleeing from domestic violence situations. And so we want to make sure that we're we are picking our families up and really helping them be as successful as they they were meant to be.
2: Ashley, thank you so much for everything you and your organization does. You guys are such an important part of our community. Can we talk about homelessness in general and how the families you serve got in this situation? Could you unpackage this for the listener who might not know a lot about this world?
5: Absolutely. and And I'll start off by saying, you know, For the listener um, listening to this, you know, if you close your eyes and somebody told you the word homelessness, you envision the gentleman on the corner panhandling. You don't envision a six-week-old baby on the corner, you know, and and that's why Cuidando Los Niños is so important because we bring child homelessness to the forefront because honestly, that's something that you don't hear enough of. Right, and, and it's just the fact a lot of people do not like reality. So if it's out of sight, out of mind, then they don't have to worry about it. But at Cuidando, our goal is to make sure to bring that to the forefront because there are families, you know, who end up in these situations not because they're alcoholics, not because they're they're addicts, none of that. And it's frustrating when when a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, they're they're just this," and that's why they're homeless. That's not true. Any of us could be homeless. I could be homeless. You could be homeless. You know, especially with all of this pandemic going on, so much is happening on a daily basis. Um, and it's it's not our right to judge others in the situation that, that have them end up being in that situation. Uh, but a lot of times for our families, they're fleeing from a situation to better their lives, right? A lot of these moms, when you finally get the opportunity to leave your your abuser, that's huge. And to to have to walk out and end up homeless, you know for a fact that the hurt and the pain that they were dealing with was so unbearable that they had to choose to be homeless in order to create a better life and start from scratch.
0: The individuals at Cuadano Los Niños, obviously there's staffed and there's professionals. Is there volunteer opportunities? Do you need, and I'll just use like listener of the show as an example. Do you need resources from the community, and do you need individuals from the community to help you achieve your mission statement and goals?
5: Absolutely. Every single day. Um, You know, like I was was mentioning a little while ago, bringing it to the forefront. That means liking our Facebook page. That means spreading awareness. Um, In terms of COVID, you know, we're trying to really get innovative and creative. And so if you did want to volunteer, I mean, I've, I've created some virtual ways you can do that. We uh, just recently teamed up with HP, and they did an amazing virtual volunteer event. They all filmed a a germ experiment for the kids. You know, they they filmed it, and then they sent it over. We did it with the kids. The kids loved it. Um, It's just really getting innovative in times of despair. Uh, So that way the kids can still have fun, and, and volunteering can still happen. Because as any nonprofit knows, without volunteering, you know, the world doesn't spin. And so right now, the best thing you could do is help spread awareness. You know, go to our Facebook page. We just went back to Cuidando a Latino, so we're trying to get the word out. Uh, go check out our new, our new website and just share. Talk to people. Let them know. You know and, and, and when you say homelessness, add, well, did you know there's child homelessness? You know, and it, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, but I feel like a lot of people, once you know about it, there's no turning back. Like, you you have to do the right thing, and you have to stand up for those who need us.
2: Ashley, you mentioned, you know, obviously what you do with, you know, the housing vouchers and helping transition people, and you mentioned the preschool. What else does Huidando Los Niños do for the children, do for the community?
5: Well, for the preschool, I mean, the preschool in itself is phenomenal just because, you know, to have a five star and having a five star in general for a preschool is, is super hard to get. And being able to provide the kiddos with the, that highest quality of education is truly, truly a pleasure. And so pre-COVID, <laughs> um, we always worked with the community, right? In terms of fitness, We had individuals coming in and helping developmentally because 75% of our kiddos that are in our program are developmentally behind or challenged, which means we have to get them up to speed. Um, and of course, you know, physical, physical education. We have, we have kid fit, which is, you know, even our babies do kid fit and it's, it's basics, you know, it's crawling, it's having tummy time, but it's really getting those muscles moving. Um, Because, for instance, if you are homeless, you're normal, we call it stroller-bound. So the baby's going to be in the stroller all day away from any eye contact with the parent, which means that that's lack of, right? You're not getting those movements going. So we team up with a lot of outside organizations. You know, we've teamed up with Jackson Winks. Um, Our preschoolers do some karate, so don't mess with our preschoolers when it comes down to... Do any of that. Uh, we also team up with Explora. We team up with uh, the Nature Center, which is one of my favorites because every time they go to the Nature Center and come back, I feel like I learned something new. Um, and, you know, we just team up with so many amazing people who want to give back. Sandra School of Dance, our kiddos have the best dance moves. So honestly, anybody listening, you know, if you, if you are lacking in dance moves, <laughs> our kiddos have the best. Um, you know, the Macarena is no longer a thing. Like, I guess they just laugh. You know, baby shark is in for those of you who don't know, but we just do so much with the kids and we, we, uh, we provide them with just, you know, a childhood. You, you have to have, and that's what I always tell our donors who call and ask, like, well, what, what do you guys take for donation? We take, and, and it's an easy question, right? What would you give your kids? If you were in this situation, what would you give your kids? Um, because believe it or not, some people don't don't ask that question, and, and they'll bring some random stuff from, you know, like the 70s, and it's like, whoa, our our kids aren't going to use that. But,
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: you know, it just it just really depends. And it, it's always asking that question, like, what would I do for my own?
2: Well, friend of the show, friend in real life, Brandon Ortega from KOB says the song Pizza Feet is the new baby shark. So
0: get your kids hooked on Pizza Feet. Ooh, today I learned. Ooh,
5: yeah, I'm going to have to introduce that to them on Monday.
0: Pizza Feet, huh? You mentioned, and by the way, we're talking to Ashley Martinez, the development director at Quadano Los Ninos. You've talked about supportive housing. You've talked about the early childhood education. Can you maybe, lastly, before we let you go, talk about, like, the parent education can you maybe talk about like the coaching that you give these individuals and then lastly uh if you know off the top of your head are these um primarily and if you don't know that's okay are these primarily albuquerque residents proper are they primarily transient can you talk to me about if you do end up helping someone long term is it always here in town or do you help them on to their next step so great
5: questions all around uh, and so let me let me that. Could you ask the first question again? I'm so uh, sorry. And
0: I apologize. As, <laughs> as, as far as the the coaching and, and like parent education, what do you do to help those individuals?
5: Absolutely. So the parent education, of course, is super super important. So for our families, and it's it's kind of frustrating because we were we were relaunching our family uh, education program before COVID hit. Like we, we were like a week within launching it for the parents, um, but after COVID is over with, uh, we'll have financial literacy classes. We're going to have health and wellness classes. We're going to have themed event nights for the kiddos and parents to have interactions together, to do projects together. Um, You know, we'll have guest speakers in showing our parents easy, easy recipes, you know, Um, and parent education is so crucial. uh, And I think, you know, parents should not ever take it as criticism, but they should take it as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to do better yourself for your kiddos and make sure that they are looking up to somebody who, you know, is just, wow. You know, like, I remember my mom did this. Like, just getting back up on your feet. We all know the struggle of low self-esteem and, and all of that stuff that could really bring you down. What Cuidando is here for is to bring you back up. You know, we become a family. We're there for our families. We ask all of our family members to just be honest with us. Um, And to your question about who we serve in specific areas and if they're coming from other places, it's a combination. I'd say mainly, though, it's specifically here in Albuquerque. Um, So it's individuals in Albuquerque. And we're a, a year program. But, for instance, let's say you have, one more semester in college in order to get your degree, um, no worries. If you're following our rules and your kids showing up every day, we're going to extend that for you and we're going to make sure that you're successful. If you are putting in the work that we're putting in for you, we have your back, you know, and that, and that's, that's the hard part. You know, you have to be committed. You have to be in there in it to win it. Um, and I mean, and I always invite people to see for themselves the work that we do. The best part of my job is I could show you exactly where all your dollars go i could I could introduce you to all my friends in the classroom, and your mind will be blown and it really does flip a switch. I know for myself i didn't i child homelessness wasn't like on top of my head. you know it's something that's oh that's sad, you know like but it's sad, but what are we going to do about it? We are the change um and so in Albuquerque, I know there's so many amazing people that that have the ability to really step up and make a difference in so many ways. Um, and honestly, by simply liking our Facebook page or following us on Instagram or checking out our website, giving us a call, all of that's still doing something and doing more than what you did yesterday.
0: Ashley Martinez is the development director at Quindano Los Ninos. You can contact them 505-843-6899. Obviously the website CLNABQ.org. You can also find it on our social media. Everything is at talkabq. We shared your contact information. Ashley, thank you so much for your time this morning.
5: Thank you, gentlemen, and thank you, everybody, listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful Saturday.
0: Just I love that energy. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah, good dude. It's nice whenever you can use the platform we developed to communicate to the listener about people in their community helping their friends helping their neighbors and if you want to help them help others org. they have a little email deal there where you can send your whatever they have a donate button right on the website 505-843-6899 if you'd like to reach out when we return from the break aj bramlett former arizona wildcat we're going to talk about the passing of his coach lute olson Obviously, we're probably going to talk the NBA. We're going to talk about the importance of mentorship for young men. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central Live from the ABQX Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinon. We play on Team I-9, 95.9 FM and AM 610. D Sports Amity. We're back on the program. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central Live from the ABQX Studio. We are, of course, powered by New Mexico Pinon, and we play on Team I-9. We're about to talk about the importance of strong leadership and impression in young men. And we're doing it in the wake of the passing of former Wildcat, Arizona Wildcat head coach, Lute Olson, who passed away yesterday. Joining us now, A.J. Bramlett, number one in our hearts, number 42 in your in your playbook there. Good morning, A.J. How are you?
4: Hi. How are you doing, man? It's good to have you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining the program. Friend in real life, A.J., now friend of the show, former La Cueva graduate. Don't yeah. know if you knew that. Don't know if Red you knew that. Burke. Man. AJ played uh, for the 1997 National Championship Arizona Wildcats, played underneath Lute Olsen. And AJ, I just kind of want to give you the platform a little bit to talk about your coach and kind of talk about the importance of the relationship you had with him and, and maybe talk about the importance of a strong coaching role model for, for young men today.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I've been talking about this, you know, uh, yesterday and today. It's really you know, uh, every day with the the lives that we live. Um, you know, Coach Olson was just uh, an amazing man. Um, he took you know a group of of young boys and you know was able to turn you know all of us into you know great um, community minded, strong um, you know good fathers. Uh, he just the lessons that he taught to us through basketball and through life are something that, you know, we all use to this day. And you know, I uh yesterday just seeing, you know, all the guys, um, you know, Steve Kerr, Richard Jefferson, Sean Elliott, um, you know, Jason Terry, uh, all the guys, you know, across different generations of theirs on the Arizona basketball program, all say the same thing. And uh, we all have the same story. We all have the same uh, you know impact that Coach have had on us. And that was, you know, to be responsible, you know, pay attention to the little details uh, that counts the most, um, you know. Uh, be on time, uh, you know. Be a good human being and give back to your community. And I think you see that, you know, kind of in all the guys across the, the Arizona program that are, you know, in their their own communities, um, trying to uphold and you know push his ideals forward. Uh, and we do it, you know, in our communities. We do it with our children. And, uh, you know, that's just something that's going to continue to push positivity, you know, for for a long time. And that's all because of Coach Olson.
0: When talking about those core values specifically and talking about the what 25 years at Arizona or something ridiculous like that, um, can you even put into perspective the number of young men that he had an impression on and then just exponently speak about the number of people that those young men have had an impression on? Like, just that network and that growth. Do you have any, like, perspective on just how large that is?
4: Uh, I mean, I do, because, you know, the first thing, the first time when I went on my recruiting trips, you know, I met uh, Steve Kerr and uh, Sean Elliott, and, you know, those guys immediately – you know, welcomed me into the family and, you know, Jason Terry into the family. And, you know, that's how it was in Arizona, and that's how it is, uh, you know, with anyone that played under Coach O, is that you're an immediate family member uh at the time that you become a part of that program. And guys pass down those ideals and values to you. They tell you what you're expected, how you're expected to, you know, act in the community, uh, you know, what your role is. And, you know, that is stretches from the first you know class that coach o had you know when he got there in 84 and then that goes all the way up until you know his last uh, you know team that he had and it doesn't matter, and you know I kind of wrote this on on Facebook. It doesn't matter you know when you played there if you run into a guy uh or one of your brothers you know that's from you know wildcat basketball family um you know you know you have somebody there that that is like minded and uh you know I've ran into guys you know over when I was playing overseas uh you know I've ran into guys that I had never met before that played in a different generation, and you know we all have the same connection to each other and that's uh you know that's because of coach.
2: AJ, you were a, a state champ here in Albuquerque at La Cueva. You were a national champ at Arizona, and I just heard you won a championship overseas as well. Can you talk about what it takes uh as an athlete, as a person, as a teammate to be a champion? What takes you to the next level?
4: Well, I, mean, I think there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, I've played on, you know, a few different uh championship teams, you know, over over my career and you know, all of them were a little bit different, but all of them had you know, similar characteristics as well. And I think, you know, what, one thing is sacrifice. I mean, you know, people talk about it all the time, but it's true. I mean, you have to you have to work harder. Uh, you have to, you know, sacrifice, you know, fun time sometimes and, uh, you know, stay in the gym, work those extra hours after practice. Um, you know, you have to be a good teammate. You know, that's the things that I'm, I know for sure is that you have to sacrifice. It can't be all about you, uh, it has to be about the greater good, uh, the greater whole. And, you know, how you guys function together, uh, and then trust. Um, I think, uh, you know, coach also, one thing that he did was he built, uh, trust, uh, with us and within our teammates. And so, you know, you had a personal responsibility. You felt such a great personal responsibility not to make mistakes or, you know, be the one that let the team down that, you know, we kind of were able to police ourselves and, uh, you know, Be on each other where coach at a certain point, you know, he could, he didn't have to, you know, tell us exactly what to do. We knew what to do. So we, we, you know, if guy wasn't doing what, what uh, we were supposed to do or following the game plan, we could, you know. Uh, take care of that, you know, within the team and not get feelings hurt, you know, not, uh, you know, why are you telling me that? Like everybody trusted each other and was on the same page. So, um, you know, championship teams are fun. You know, the chemistry is the number one key to a championship team. and When guys have no egos and they're just trying to, you know, win for the, for coaches, win for uh, themselves and, you know, do the best that they can, that's a good recipe for success. And I've seen it a few times in my career.
0: AJ, I know you're a coach now. I know I know you spend a lot of time helping kids develop the game and also develop as young men. Um, not speaking directly about Coach O, but speaking about your experience, what about that has drawn you to it? Like, is it is it just the exposure to the many people that have impacted you? Is it a personal growth that you think you would have got there on your own? Like, what about you has put you in the place that you're currently in to be part of the community and to help young men the way that you do?
4: Well, I mean, Coach O is a big part of that, uh, you know, but I think I would have got there. You know, on my own too, my dad, um, you know, worked at Northern Illinois University, uh, outside of Chicago for 42 years. Um, you know, he uh, was instrumental in, you know, working with student athletes, uh, for years and then, uh, some minority, uh, groups that he led, uh, to help, you know, foster opportunities for, for, uh, for minorities in the uh, Chicago area. And for me, it's just, there's nothing better than coaching and, uh, you know, to see, a kid or somebody you've been working with, you know, finally get it and that light turns on and, you know, they, they do a move that you taught them in the game and, and, you know, it works or, uh, you know, they, you see them, you know, make their high school team with, you know, they've come a long way and maybe weren't, you know, on track to do that before, uh, they put the work in. Uh, those are the things that, you know, mean the most, uh, to me. And it's, it's just a great feeling. You know, I do it, you know, I like coaching my, you know, my own kids, but then at the same time, uh, you know, just having – seeing and being able to, you know, put a spark in a kid's mind that they can do something and then they do it, I think uh, is the, the greatest reward. Uh, and I've and that, you know, a lot of times. And it, it's just it's, – it's really fun to see.
0: Go Huskies. Lastly – Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, lastly, can you uh, – the post-coaching career, and, and maybe Coach O is a really good example, or maybe yourself or whoever you'd like to speak about, can you talk about the importance of maintaining a relationship with a coach – Post your playing years.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Coach O did. This is the thing about it. He uh, when when you're there, he was really tough on you. Uh, You know, not uh, just held you to a higher standard. You know, not exactly like he wasn't your friend. He was your coach. You know, until until that last game. After that last game, totally different. Uh, You know, you 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 got to know him uh, on a different level. Uh, You know, he opened up a lot more uh to you and you know that's where the relationship from for myself and coach o really grew. Um, uh, you know, and and he stayed there, you know, for from when I graduated in ninety nine all the way through, you know, uh this week. So um uh, it's really important. Uh you know, Arizona, you know, has done a really good job of keeping all guys, you know, engaged and, and Coach O, you know, that's because of the relationship we all have with Coach Olsen and so, um uh, you know, coaches can have a supreme impact on a kid's direction, whether it's a good coach or, you know, a bad coach. And so uh, I was just lucky and fortunate to be in the program that I was in with Coach Olsen and all our assistant coaches. and Just the way that everything was run, that, you know, I want to give that back now to to the kids and, and the Albuquerque community. And that's why I came back here when I retired and, you know, didn't uh, go settle in Tucson because I wanted to be here in this community.
0: A.J. Bramlett, former Wildcat, current friend of the show, joining us to celebrate Lute Olsen and talk about the importance of a strong coaching role model in young men today. Before we let you go, A.J., any final words, anything you'd want the listener to be left with as far as a uh, celebration of life for your former coach or maybe a level of investment you might encourage people to have in their current mentors? Yeah,
4: absolutely. I mean, I think just the message I would say is just to put positivity out there. Uh, you know, anything that you can do to help uplift another person and, uh, you know, change their direction in an upward path, uh, that's what we need right now. And, you know, Coach Olson did that for, you know, hundreds of, of guys that are now – pushing that and paying that forward in their own communities. And I just encourage everybody to, to do that here in Albuquerque. We have some wonderful people here. And, uh, you know, the, the youth of Albuquerque are the, are the most important uh, thing that we need to focus on right now, giving them the opportunities to be successful and live out their dreams. So if you can contribute to that, do it. You're never going to regret it.
0: Hey, AJ Bramlin, thank you.
4: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You have a good weekend. Uh, you too.
0: Thanks, AJ. Good dude. Man. What a good dude! Powerful words. You still have a coach in your life? I do. Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a big deal. I, my best guy in the whole world, um, yesterday revealed that he's having a little baby boy. So my best friend ever, I've been in both his weddings.
2: I'm sitting right here, Fred. How Sorry. dare you?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. He he announced yesterday he's having a little baby boy, and uh, he's naming that baby boy after his former coach. So there's, there's a lot of uh, –
2: Fred Slow Corey no, is going to be his name. No, that's not no. true. Oh, that's not it? Okay. No.
0: Speaking of coaches, when we get back from break, Coach Cody May, former Carlsbad Caveman head coach.
2: Yeah. Former
0: coach of now Major League Baseball pitcher Trevor Rogers is going to join us to talk about what it takes for young athletes to develop into professional athletes. And I'm excited about this one. Sure. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We're, of course, powered by Mexico Pinon, and we play on Team I-9. 95.9 FM and AM610, the sports animal. Back on the program, Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon, and we play on Team I-9. Thank you to A.J. Bramlett for joining us, celebrating his former coach, Lute Olsen, talking about the importance of mentors in young men, and fittingly, we bring in Coach Cody May, former coach of the Carlsbad Cavemen, who coached, now major leaguer, Trevor Rogers, who made his major league debut this past week. Coach, before we talk about Trevor, I, I'm left-handed and I have a pulse. Can you help me?
1: <laughs> yes, sir. I'll <Well>, <laughs> sign you up any day of the week.
0: <laughs> Not left-handed at all. Thank you for taking the time, Coach. Thank you for joining the program. Wanted to have you on to talk about what it takes to, to shape a high schooler into a major leaguer. It sounds like you got to figure it out.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't quite say that. When you got an uh, eighth grader that comes into your program at six foot four and can throw 83 as an eighth grader, you think, well, this kid's probably going to have a shot by the time he gets up there. So, uh, the high school baseball coach, when you get somebody with that kind of talent, you're really just trying not to screw them up. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, sure. Hey, coaches, Van here. Um, before we talk about Trevor specifically, can we talk about what it's like to be a coach and giving these kids guidance, and what do you think is the most important aspects of being a coach to young men?
1: Well, you know, I think, um, you know, in my early, early career coaching, I think we get caught up with wins and losses a lot of times, and uh, that that's going to define who we are and what type of coach we are. And, um, as you begin to mature as a, as a coach and even as a person, uh, you figure out there's a lot more to life than sports, but sports really is a huge factor in shaping a lot of people. I mean, it's teaching them accountability, work ethic, uh, to work as a team. And there's just so many valuable assets, uh, to play in sports. And so as a coach, um, you know, I think, uh, as we mature, we really begin to understand that, you know, we're, we're in a platform that we have the opportunity to, to make a huge impact in kids' lives uh, by using a sport that we really love. And so, um, you know, if we can really try to keep that kind of a mindset, then really we have an opportunity to, to make a huge impact in a lot of kids' lives, especially at the high school level.
0: When you're talking about kids having a connection with a sport they really love, and I think this is a little bit of a hotbed one, so I'm going to lead with it. How do you feel about them loving multiple sports? How do you feel about like, like, a, young, like a high school athlete that says, coach? I want a letter in everything.
1: You know, I think it's you know, for me, I was a three-sport athlete, and so you know, back in you know, I graduated high school in 2000. But you know, for us, if if we didn't play multiple sports, then we wouldn't have enough athletes to to fill the programs. But I I for me, I'm I'm a huge advocate of it because I think it it made me more of a well-rounded person. Um, nowadays, especially in schools. You become a one-sport athletes because they – and I do respect that part of it, too, because they're trying to get to a, to a level where they can, you know, play college – at the college level and also help pay for their school. But um i, I just seen so many kids, especially in Carlsbad, that, you know, they'll, they'll go straight baseball right in Little League and, and they get burnt out. and So by the time they get to the high school level – I mean, they just, they don't want to play no more. They don't, they don't have that drive and that work ethic. And that's not all of them. I mean, there's a lot of kids that, that, um, they're still, you know, motivated and ready to go. But I just think being, being a well rounded athlete and a well rounded person, um, is just a better way to go than just saying, Hey, I'm only going to play baseball. I'm only going to play basketball or whatever it may be. Um, I'm just a huge advocate for playing more than one sport. I think it, it helps. Help student athletes and it, it just uh it's a good learning good learning opportunity.
2: So you're talking about making it to the next level, Coach, and this kid Trevor Rogers is next level. And to the listener who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh New Mexican and Carlsbad High School graduate Trevor Rogers made his major league debut for the Miami Marlins on Tuesday. Uh four shutout innings, only gave up one hit, had six strikeouts, and unfortunately, had five walks, but, you know, that's a, that's kind of a kid getting out there on the bump for the first time. Uh, what What's this kid's makeup, you know, physically and mentally? How did, how did you know, just beyond his physical gifts, how did you know this kid was special?
1: Well, you know, everybody that got to see him pitch uh, on Tuesday night, even if you heard his interview, Trevor was always uh, well mature beyond his years. So even as an eighth grader and a freshman, the kid, like, never got rattled. Um as an eighth grader, he started, I think, four or five games for us at the varsity level. And so the kid's pitching against, you know, the top, top of the 5A class in New Mexico and just as calm and cool as you can imagine. And I think that's really kind of what has set him out from a lot of people in his, his class and especially as he's, as he's moving up. You know, he had to be nervous as heck, and I know he was because I talked to him Wednesday morning, but he was, he just, he's able to, to control his emotions. He's got a solid head on his shoulders where he just understands the big picture and he doesn't get caught up in the moment a lot of times. And so seeing that in him as an eighth grader pitching against, you know, in the state tournament, and, um, you know, just, you could tell that the kid was wired differently than most other kids. And I think that's going to be a huge attribute for him as he continues to keep working his way up and having to prove himself even at the major league level. Um, you know, other than his 96 mile an hour fastball and being six six coming from the lefty side, I think his head and the way the kid is wired is is going to really benefit him in in making a, a long career at the at the level he's at.
0: Trevor went 13th overall in 2017 to the Marlins. Here's my question to you. I assume that you fielded multiple calls from multiple MLB teams. I assume that you were asked some crazy questions when trying to vet this top 15 draft pick. Coach, what was that experience like, and what was the weirdest thing that was even questioned about Trevor when he was coming out of high school?
4: Well, the
1: best way I can put it, basically from his junior year of high school going into his senior year, it was a complete zoo. Um, so for us, we've had a lot of kids that, that, it, that, have you know, got drafted and made their way up, but never, other than Shane Andrews, uh, I don't remember what, what round Cody Ross went in, but everybody knew, you know, from the scouts that Trevor was going to be a first round pick. So fall ball season of, you know, fall of 2016, Trevor's going to graduate in spring of 17, but there's scouts calling and shooting emails, wanting to know when he's going to throw live bullpens in August, when he's going to throw in live inner squads. And then, so for us, I mean, we're having to schedule out our practices, even in fall baseball, a month ahead of time so that these guys can make arrangements to oh, get wow. down there and see Trevor Ditch. And so, I mean, it was a huge change for us and our coaching staff uh, just because, I mean, there's people coming in left and right. And for us, we always had those practices because, can't parents away from the facility and just have our kids focus on what we got going what we're doing that day and and not worrying about parents and you know so on and so you know it was like you just got random people walking through the dugout walking straight down to the bullpen like this uh, guys from the mets you know it was such a such a weird atmosphere but really it it was a cool experience because it's really something that all the kids that played with Trevor—I mean, they would never got to experience something like that without him there. Us as a coaching staff, it was a great learning opportunity, um, and so it was a lot of fun. It was just mass chaos, and then as you get it, get into the to the season part of it, you know, back then whenever Trevor was there, we had six classifications, so six a baseball. Well, pretty much everybody we played had one horse on the mound that they were going to try to get it beat Carlsbad and at least split a doubleheader or get a victory. So they're trying to match up their horse when Trevor is not on the mound. You know what I mean? So we've always tried to, you know, start him first game, then second game doubleheader, just move them around so people couldn't try to match up against them. Well, you couldn't do that because, you know, scouts wanted to know a week ahead of time, is he throwing game one or game two? Well, once it found out he's throwing game one, social media, Everybody in Mexico know knows he's going game one, so Trevor's starting on the bump and we're facing somebody's number four. And uh it was just you know, that part of it for for a team aspect I really didn't like, but the overall experience for, for all of our program and Trevor and the kids was a whole lot of fun that that year.
2: Coach, the uh, previous segment we had, A.J. Bramlett uh, on here talking about how big of an impact Coach Lute Olson had on him and how me and you got hooked up as I am from Carlsbad, and I played baseball for the Cavemen under Tom Forney. And he had a really huge impact on me. Can you speak about somebody in, in your playing days that had a really big impact on you and how it you know still affects you to this day?
1: Well, you know, my high school baseball coach was Scott Rhodes. Um, he was in Alamogordo for a lot of years, but he, you know, he was he was probably the one man that uh, had the biggest impact on me. Number one, he led me to Christ when I was a junior in high school, so that changed my life forever. But um, just the overall morals and, and what he taught us and, and how to work, and just to be, a, be a, a good quality man, what that meant, but also to to be a leader on the field, um, just kind of he changed my life forever. And so, you know, you fast forward to where we're at right now, we own, uh, uh several businesses in Carlsbad and a construction company. Well, Scott has now retired from teaching and coaching and now he's running one of our businesses. And so it comes back into our life because of, you know, the impact he had and what he meant to us. And just that connection, that's 25 years ago. And he's still one of the most important people in my life. And so, um, you just think of, you know, you talk to any athlete, they can always look back and say, man, that coach really had an impact on my life, but vice versa. There's a lot of coaches that have a negative impact on, on, uh, players' lives. And so, uh, like I said earlier, I just think, uh, being a coach is just a huge platform because you can really make a, make a huge impact in young men's lives.
0: Cody May, thank you for taking the time this morning to join us. Thank you for sharing your story and a little bit of Trevor Rogers' story. Uh, my last question before we let you go: um, How big or bad? I don't know what verb to use. Were your were your butterflies in your stomach when, when Trevor first stepped out there? When you when you saw him take the ball in his glove <laughs> for the first time, where were you at emotionally?
1: Well, so I'm going to fill you in on a little bit of secret. Most people probably don't know what's going on, but so he called me on. Uh, I guess it had to be Sunday after. Yeah, it was Monday afternoon because he, no, I don't remember what. It, it had to be two days before, but uh, he got called up. He'd been in Jupiter just, you know, playing the simulated games. And said, hey, he sent me a text. so guess what? So I called him. I'm like, well, you either got cut or you're getting called up. I'm <laughs> I'm getting called up. So talked to him, and he was super excited. And I said, hey, I'm going to throw Tuesday night. And so, anyways, <clears throat> got to. You know, so in Carlsbad, I mean, literally the entire community, you know, being social media, had just watched parties everywhere. I mean, there was several just massive mass gatherings where everybody could kind of get together and watch them pitch. And so, you know, the coach comes out right away. So, you know, Trevor's did well in the first, came out in the second, had a couple of walks. And so we're screaming at him through the television. I'm like, nobody's touched your 96-mile-an-hour fastball. <laughs> Why are you throwing a curveball and walking everybody, you know? So, long story short, you did well, but I was calling the next day. And man, I was ripping you all night last night on the TV. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I don't know if you knew this, but two days ago, Trevor got sent back down, right? They oh, sent him yep. back to Florida um, and told him, hey, we've we got some uh, uh, guys coming back and we're sending him back down. So, you talk about as an athlete, and I think – to go. but Trevor you know it's full of peaks and valleys Trevor is at the top of the mountain Tuesday Wednesday and boom they pulled the cord out and sent him back down to Florida on Wednesday and said, "Hey, we're going to use some of these other free agents for a little bit and so Trevor's just completely down in the dumps you know what I mean and um, got sent back on Wednesday and then they turned around on Friday I'm sorry this was Thursday got sent back to Florida on Thursday and then he called me yesterday. Well, they called me back up. I'm headed back to New York on Friday, <laughs> and so got sent home, turned around, and so just the life of a professional athlete. I said, you gotta understand that it's going to be day to day because it's business. And so one day you're at the top of the mountain, the next day, you know they're pulling your feet out, and you're thinking, man, this is the end of the world. But uh, just so you guys know ahead of time, Trevor's going to get another start this coming Tuesday.
0: Ooh, okay, right. um, right. breaking news. All right. Yeah.
1: Bum, yeah, bum, so
0: hey, he'll appreciate
1: as of right now, it's not listed on, on TV or the website, but he called me last night today starting on Tuesday. So
0: we,
2: uh, we'll get in And this this kid is must see TV. He's got all the makeup, all the stuff of a number one pitcher, and it was a lot of fun to watch him on Tuesday. And I'm excited to see where his career goes.
0: And Yes it, sir. And I mean last we gotta let you go, Coach, we're gonna a break, but he'll appreciate all these up downs when it comes time for arbitration. <laughs> like when it co-
1: <laughs>
0: yeah when he gets the end, he'll be like he'll glad he'll glad he got a lot of those options used up. So, coach, thanks for joining us. Uh, you were spectacular this morning. We had a lot of fun with you. We're gonna grab a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll last minute pick a varsity of something. Okay. So, Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon and of course, we play for Team I Nine ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten the Sports Animal. We're back on the program. We're wrapping it up. We forgot to announce a varsity. That's how fired up I was the first hour. We focused, weren't we? During the break, we decided. The varsity today is varsity of coaches, okay? Goat coaches. Goat coaches. Belichick. It's fit, all right, on the list. Yeah,
2: definitely. I got I got two for sure shoe-ins. All right, go. For w- two wildly different reasons.
0: Thank you to Ashley Martinez. Thank you to AJ Bramlett. Thank you to Coach Cody May.
2: Number one. John Wooden, yes, the greatest motivator, the greatest sports psychologist, sure, the greatest sports philosopher we've ever known with the coach's job, Mm -hmm. and number two, what Vital just said because of just winning at all costs.
0: Okay, those are those are like
2: the two roles of coaches that I see important. Being a leader and a mentor and a great example for young men. Yes. And winning, winning, winning. Correct. I think those, those two dudes embody that.
0: Which means number one of all time is Dick Vermeil.
2: Okay. All right. So all right. Yeah.
0: 21 years ago yesterday, Dick Vermeil sat in front of a press conference after Rodney Harrison blew out the knee of Trent Green, and he said to the world, we will rally behind Kurt Warner, and we will play good football. In the greatest understatement of all time, as the St. Louis Rams went on to become the greatest show on turf and win the 1999 Super of Bowl course. on a tackle by Mike Jones on the one-yard line on Kevin Dyson as a scrambling Steve McNair couldn't get the job done against the then-Super <laughs> Bowl champion <laughs> St. Louis Rams. Okay. Congratulations to Dick meal.
2: He wouldn't even make it on, like, the A Rushmore. Oh,
0: my, you're putting Joe Paterno on the list.
2: That's why your list is <laughs> no. so bad. Oh, God, no. I could never do that. To me,
0: to be the greatest coach of all time, you also have to be a player. I'm talking player coaches, which means my greatest coach of all time is Jackie Moon. Uh, he used to play for this team called the Flint Tropics. He is at or near the greatest coach to ever live.
2: Well, he's a player coach. That's, play- a, that's a different conversation. It's way better. Yeah, Jackie Moon and Pete Rose are the best player coaches of all time. P-
0: Pete Rose is the best player coach of all time.
2: He's the best player coach prop gambler of all time.
0: To be really fair, the greatest to be c- fair, to be fair. the greatest coach coach is Yoda.
2: He's a pretty good coach.
0: Yeah, he yeah. really set everyone up for success that he worked with. Like he was the uh, Norman Dale. I thought was a really good coach. You know him. He was. Um, he coached Hickory High School. It was in Indiana. He helped the Hoosiers to a state championship. That was, Absolutely. They only had uh, six players on their team. That was a good one.
2: Well, I mean, let's never forget about Coach Hayden Fox. No. Of the Minnesota State Screaming Eagles. Correct. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Coach Bombay
2: uh-huh.
0: of the Mighty Ducks sure. would be on the list. I know Vital said Mr. Miyagi during the break.
2: And I think— um, I
0: did? Yeah, I thought that was a
2: good one. Yeah. Coach Bags very very prominent coach in the world today yeah
0: (laughs) fred's face (laughs) what about mickey goldmill i think your
2: girlfriend probably has a coach bag i see what he did there yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: um mickey goldmill mickey from rocky i feel Uh, like he would be like
2: uh, the mick
0: yeah um tony damanto from any given sunday i think would be on the list too he i mean he had that like it was a good movie. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but, that, I mean, that's kind of it for me. Lou Brown probably from Major League. I thought, I mean, these to me are the kind of coaches. Irv Blitzer. Did you see Cool Runnings? Irv Blitzer.
2: Oh, man, that's a really good one. Yeah, so
0: well, that's John coach Candy. from Hoosiers? Uh, well, I just mentioned him. So the coach from Hoosiers is Norman Dale, played by Gene Hackman. Yes. Yeah.
2: Young, young Gene yeah. Hackman.
0: Uh, Not the real-life Miracle on Ice, but the Kurt Russell version. <laughs> greatest coach of of all time hey, you know what we failed to mention today
2: rest in paradise chadwick Bozeman.
0: we did mention it briefly but we have not mentioned it
2: i mean that's an inspirational man right there like keeping his fight a secret yes and having such an impact on an underserved community jack the, the man who played weather classes in school the man who played Jackie Robinson passed away on the day Major League Baseball honored Jackie Robinson. It's poetically beautiful, and you know thoughts and prayers to his family. Awesome person. Uh, obviously, Taken too soon.
0: Obviously known from the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Black Panther. Correct. Uh, if you have not seen Twenty One Bridges, just came out last year. Tremendous. Um, get on up. Too much. Too good. Yeah. So too soon. Um, 2020 can can spin on it, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, what's next, 2020?
0: Also appeared in the Express and Draft Day. Here's the thing you might not have known about Vital. Chadwick Bozeman had only been acting for nine years. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. Bandy did really good today. Ashley Martinez did really good. AJ Bramlett did really good. Cody May did really good. Thank you for the first hour today. Any final words?
2: Be kind to your neighbors and be safe out there, y'all. Guardians, not Warriors. Good job, everyone. GG. See you next week, Burke.